This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Thank goodness it's Friday in Greyhound, and I'm still confused because uh, we're going to have to change the time, I think, again Sunday. I'll never get used to that. And uh, I'll probably um, just be getting used to it and we'll change it back. As I mentioned yesterday, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Man Command Center inside the Melton Law Studio and the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. Thank goodness in Greyhound, the rains have washed away the pollen that has just been plaguing everything it fell on. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, the hummingbirds are back and uh, green is already starting and um, maybe we're in for one more cold spasm here. I cannot believe it, but we're supposed to have a freezing temperature uh, this weekend, which will stunt everything that started. You go figure. That's nature, and it doesn't have anything to do with climate change. The climate changes with or without us. I guess man will never understand that, and uh, we'll adapt. I mean, come on. And uh, that's the way it looks. Doug Whitaker says it's a beautiful day in Mexico. I know exactly where he is. And um, 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 he's in kind of a little heaven down there. And he's enjoying himself quite a bit, but he still tunes in. Uh, welcome to all of our viewers and listeners. Um, I keep you up to date here, typically, locally, first. Um, I call this show today uh, James Bond Redux. And you'll see why later on in the show we call it that. I'm going to keep that back so you can't guess it until we get there. But uh, if all things work out uh, right after we acknowledge our sponsors and donors and all of the above, uh, we'll reveal the reason for today's show title. <clears throat> it is uh, hopefully a little bit of humor in a really kind of a dark time in our world. Uh, locally, we have... Um, Got the single-member districts on the path. It has passed the Senate unanimously. Uh, that means it's going to go to DeSantis's desk, and the only way it could uh, not be on the ballot now in the fall is if uh, DeSantis would go to the trouble of singularly pulling that particular item from the bills that are sent to his desk, and no one in God's green earth thinks he's going to do that. So... Uh, look out, Katie, bar the door. Uh, we're getting ready for uh, a propaganda splurge. But there's a caveat to this and that there has been a tweak in the added language uh, to this bill at the last minute. And I have to say, this is all driven by the behavior, the obstinate behavior, the single-minded behavior of the woke Alachua County Commission. It's intractable. Uh, positions that they won't negotiate, they won't listen, 
Um, they have excuses. They have spins. The Minister of Propaganda is paid to give their spin. Um, and so we've added language to this bill that uh, prevents government advocacy of anything that has to do with amending or changing or proposing a discussion in policy uh, at uh, this level uh, uh, by the people. The government cannot come out and try to spend the people's money to squash the people's uh, uh, voice. And that goes through, hello, Ricky Coleman. That's okay. You're here, brother. And all you have to do is sit on the front row. You'll be okay. Don't sit on the back, Ricky, with your hat turned on backwards. That's the way I always looked at guys back there with their chairs leaning back, hats on backwards. You guys are destined to be out in the salt mines with me now. Move up to the front row. React like you're interested. Anyway, we had a lot of fun with that. And um, so there's been added language. Uh, our hero here locally on that is Representative Chuck Clemens, who gets it. He understands it. He knows that um, um, this is a, a situation that has been a long time developing. It just hasn't developed overnight. I would say, in my experience, it's taken 20 years. I've been involved with this discussion uh, for 20 years. And every time uh, the sycophants the, uh, uh, that are put on the uh, Charter Review Commission by the commissioners are nothing more than extensions of their political interests, and they outnumber the ones who really can be objective. Uh, this last Charter Review Commission, we, we even had a, I think it was the lone Republican on it, uh, get up and discuss and quit in the middle of uh, the reign of the Charter Commission and declare it to be uh, a bunch of propaganda and, and um, wouldn't tolerate dissent and uh, difference of opinions. And he stomped off um, the stage and never came back. And I had a discussion with him and, and counseled him and said, don't feel bad. You're absolutely right. But you can't shame the woke left. I mean, they're, they're shameless. It's one of the things that characterizes them as a woke left uh, individual or group. Uh, they are shameless and they're godless and um, um, they're arrogant. And um, you'll see it un unfolding here very soon. So single member districts passes the Senate unanimously headed for DeSantis's desk with the added language that will prevent government advocacy against the people's will or wishes. Uh, <clears throat> On a, uh, another item, <clears throat> just in terms of the sports world, well, what a weekend for Gator Nationals to come to this area. Gator Nationals came here, if you might remember, by the uh, intervention, really, of Governor Claude Kirk, who put the Gator Nationals here in this city. There was a lot of protestation. Of course, I'm not in the city. I'm in the country outside the city, thank goodness. But there was a lot of protesting about Oh, my golly, cars and noise and fumes and this and that. And Cler uh, Claude Kirk, being a little bit of an eccentric, but a Republican governor, said, oh, well, I'm going to stick it there anyway, as I remember. And that's how we came to have the Gator Nationals, which is a huge, normally a huge economic asset, just as the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce, to the economy of this area. But it is drenching rain right now. In fact, I indicated to production that should we lose power here at the command center uh, because of lightning or whatever incoming, uh, we will power up. We're backed up by generator. So it may take a few minutes to power us back up, but we will have power 
um, it, it, the power instant instantaneously is on um, from the generator, but the computers need a while to boot back up. So if that were to happen, um, that would be uh, uh, the explanation. We'll have power. Uh, we just won't have the computers for a few minutes till they boot back up. But hopefully that won't happen, but it has happened. So I want to prepare you for all the eventualities. Uh, Plantation Mark says he attended the first Gator Nationals. I can't remember the year that was, Mark, but it was um, back uh, probably in the, uh, I would have to say, when was Kirk Governor? Late 60s, maybe, early 70s along in there. So it's been around for quite a while. And um, um, <laughs> uh, it's it's been uh, a, a big economic asset and it's, uh, you know, it's noisy and all that, but it brings national people into the community. But it sure looks like as if it's uh, going to have to be run a different day than today, for sure. Um, just to bring you up to date on the lethargy, the indifference, the incompetence um, of, of the, our state attorney, Brian Kramer, who, absolutely, you know, was one of my students once upon a time. I, I listen, I, I can't take responsibility for him as an adult. But um, there are 10 sworn complaints that the FDLE gave to Kramer um, quite a while ago, uh, and there have been no warrants yet. I, I think it's four or five weeks now. There have been no warrants yet issued from Kramer. And people wonder why uh, the narrative is such that there's no dissent to voter beep. And the reason there's no dissent to voter beep is because uh, these state attorneys and these judges uh, sit on it, uh, don't want to let it get out into the light of day, uh, don't want to have any kind of conversation about it, is what my experience has been. The federal judges don't want to get into it. Uh, the state attorneys, we have an example right here that we've been watching, uh, doesn't want to get into it, in spite of the fact being a Republican. I suspect he will have a challenge Next time he runs for office, uh, I, I hear more and more of that coming, uh, that uh, um, he's not he's not what they're looking for. He ran unopposed, kind of a uh, Savone kind of slipped him in there. So I wish the, the lad the best, um, but uh, he's not really passing the course right now. Um, I have to tell you that uh, uh, one of the interesting uh, stories that we have here, and I think production will put it up here in a minute, is um, going to be the tree leaf. Uh, uh, if I can get his attention, I'm looking at him over here on the screen talking to somebody. Um, but uh, I want to put up the uh, uh, the uh, the story about. Uh, um, let me see if I can hold on a minute. I'm going to have. I want to put up the story, the picture of Nikki, if you will, please, production. Um, he. Uh, um, true, true leave is a indoor marijuana growing operation here in Alachua County, but more particularly, it's not just in Alachua County in, it's in the city of Alachua. And there's been a lot of, um, we might not know it. It hasn't really blown out into the, as you say, it's difficult to get these things out, uh, because this marijuana thing is now all the hip thing to do, and uh, but there's been a big marijuana operation called True Leave, 
which uh, if you drive by it is uh, surrounded by high barbed wire, um, the whole bit, security, the whole bit. Um, and um, that uh, is something that uh, uh, most people wouldn't be aware was there. But those of us who keep a track on the economy and commerce here know it's been there. And the interesting thing is it's going to close. Uh, its stock has really tanked. And the reason I want to put this story up is because uh, Nikki Fried Fried Frazzled, uh, right there, as you're seeing with a marijuana T-shirt on, uh, has owned stock. Uh, it, uh, this th truly bought out Harvest Health. She had a significant other. And the reason she's pictured here is the police has just knocked on her no-tell motel door because she and her significant other at that time, who was also married at that time, if I remember correctly, uh, had been into a public squabble, um, making it euphemistic, and to the extent that uh, people who witnessed it called the heat, and the heat came and banged on her no-tell motel door, and you can see that the image that's captured there should convey to you her surprise and consternation. But um, she has been a heavy stock owner in this medical marijuana, which is really an agricultural, and she is Secretary of Agriculture. So she wasn't divesting this, if my memory served me right, until we brought the heat in on her and let people know that, hey, this person who administers, uh, if you recall, she once had her picture, her picture, uh, uh, as a friend of mine likes to call a picture, he calls it a picture. She once had her picture on the gasoline pumps and, you know, there was a hue and cry about her using um, the public pumps there, the private pumps or whoever, whatever, to put her public picture on and curry favor as if she were responsible. Uh, so she don't any longer, as far as I'm aware, see Nikki Fried Fried Frazzled picture on the gasoline pumps. But she certainly owns stock uh, in True Leave. And um, the stock value um, um, has gone from $50 a share, according to my research team that just fed me this information, to $20 a share. And, and that's quite a drop. Um, the, 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 from the analysis that I get from the financial wizards who've been watching this, is that there was just this dump of investment money into this whole marijuana madness, reefer madness uh, thing that would all of a sudden hit the economy because this was going to be medical reefer madness. And uh, the reason it was going to be medical and the reason it was not going to be hallucinatory was because of the THC limit and the madness. And so you could take the reefer madness and alleviate pain and uh, uh, that would give you some relief from your joint aches. And so there was a was sweeping the nation was this hysteria about medical marijuana and insiders really got in on it. And she was a typical example of this, bought a bunch of stock on it, courted a guy who had some influence in it and then had to be ferreted out and discovered in order to divest herself uh, from it so that the public would understand uh, that she was also, you know, uh, you know, involved in something that she should have had an arm's length with. Uh, so this will show up 
on her, uh, the whole situation is nefarious, uh, if you will, because of the way in which, first of all, marijuana is, and then secondly, because of the people who sort of get the early start on it, uh, see a get rich scheme. Uh, maybe they hearken back to the days of filthy money making many people filthy rich uh, on actual marijuana. Gainesville had a product that was well known called Gainesville Green. Um, there was also in those days the uh, late 60s, middle 60s, Columbia Gold. Uh, so it really became the drug of choice for the hippies, uh, Woodstock and all that. And that was the drug of choice. And um, these people now have grown up to be adults, so to speak. Uh, uh, and they're now uh, envisioning some way to legitimize this uh, uh, thing called marijuana, which is really just a weed. Uh, I think we call it loco weed. The cattle would eat it and it kind of affected them with the, uh, so it's known, I think, as loco weed before it comes along, it becomes this big, uh, let me take you higher with Sly and the Family Stones. So uh, the investment money poured into this endeavor and evidently from the people who have been telling me uh, of the back stories on this, uh, these people didn't know how to handle it and uh, over uh, splurged and now have had to cut back. They are paying uh, their investors uh, um, employees, I mean, and I got to tell you uh, a secret. I'm going to tell you just a secret. If you take a look at the Gainesville Sun article, uh, you will see. Uh, and I, oh no, don't tell me Joe Biden's pictures on the diesel truck stops. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, if you take a look in the Gainesville Sunset, I recommend you do it online. Um, then you have to pay, you know out through the arm and leg for it. Um, you'll see that the article True Leave to Close Growth Facility in Alachua County, it's actually in the city of Alachua on March 31st, is written by Andrew Kaplan. Andrew Kaplan is back at the Gainesville Sun. We like to think we had something to do with that because we like Andrew Kaplan. He is an investigative reporter and he wrote this story and you can understand where he got a lot of this information and these tips from. So he is very much associated, uh, if you will, with uh, the Ward Scott files and that he keeps an eye on what we're doing, unlike the previous writers for the Gainesville Sun. And one can only speculate if whether or not what we're doing here on the Ward Scott files is really causing the Gainesville Sun some agony. We beat them to the stories. The stories are ones which are important to you in this community. And uh, now we think uh, they've maybe tried to attenuate that some. We had a good rapport with Andrew Kaplan before when he left. He went up to, uh, I think, South Carolina, somewhere like that, to write for a paper up there. So um, we're welcoming Andrew Kaplan back. And um, if you see uh, an article that he's written, uh, we, we like it. We like him as a writer. And uh, we think that, um, that he's a uh, he's a he's a. Uh, He's got the right instincts. He knows what, what uh, the people of the community are interested in. So um, the, the, that's the story on Nikki Freed Fried Frassel. And you saw her picture up there as she was shocked with um, coming to the door. And of all things, uh, she's wearing the marijuana 
leaf on her T-shirt. I guess maybe we're still up there. Maybe we can show one more time. It's, it's really kind of amazing when you think about it. Um, you know, the Secretary of Agriculture has got a T-shirt on for an industry that she has some uh, uh, impact on. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, there you are. I, I, I don't know. You know, this reminds us, of course, of, of how we just barely missed having Gillum uh, uh, for our governor. We would have had him, I guess, had he not been discovered on the motel floor in South Florida in the no-tell motel with his boy toy. So um, that otherwise, you would have had him for governor. And my golly, I mean, who in the world knows what that would have led to? Um, the uh, <clears throat> intensification of people, I want to just comment a little bit on them, a fact that there has been a RTS bus that has struck somebody at a busy intersection here, which is only going to get busier because uh, at two corners currently of the intersection are high rise student housing type deals. And they're going to be going up and down all around that neighborhood. And let me tell you something, those people do cross the street to go to the university and you watch them and quite frequently they, they cross when they shouldn't be. And quite frequently they may be or got their nose in a phone, or they might be on their bicycle, or they might be just going when they shouldn't be going. Uh, meanwhile, um, the city of Gainesville dysfunctional uh, commission is hell bent on uh, putting in speed bumps to slow down traffic. You know, this is typical of the kind of bureaucratic madness that you encounter uh, in bureaucrats. So they put in speed bumps to slow down traffic but to intensify the number of people around the road where they put in the speed bumps. Meanwhile, it's almost impossible to get comfortably from the west side of town to the east side of town because of all the choked down bottlenecks, which have various versions, either have uh, traffic circles or speed bumps or narrowed roads, uh, more bicycle lanes, you name it. There's only one east-west road in this area that will get you from the interstate to the Aeroporto, uh, and that is Northwest 39th Avenue. Anything else is uh, uh, choked down 8th Avenue, University. Uh, you can't get there from the southern end. You've got to go all the way around the loop. Um, you can't come up Main Street because it's been two-laned. And there's been all kinds of other weird things done in there by Denny's Concrete and all that business. So um, it's really a, a, uh, an automobile uh, unfriendly area, a, a road unfriendly area, and a hazardous, dangerous place for pedestrians. And they can't figure out why. But they keep wanting to go up, up, up with uh, living and put people in what I call egg cartons. And um, they can't connect the two dots. It seems that they uh, want to have their cake and eat it too, I guess. Um, but it is, uh, it is a strange uh, uh, bureaucratic world that we've got going on. Um, just to pick up some of the loose ends on the, the school board, uh, it appears that they're, they're going to go through the uh, motions anyway of trying to find an interim uh, superintendent. It seems to us 
who've checked her out that Donna Jones is perfectly capable of doing that and should be left in the position until the fall when uh, all these seats are rearranged and new people on them uh, and we find out what they want. Um, that hopefully will be the ultimate design of, of the thinking behind the school board of Alachua County. As I've said before, uh, these school boards have been lightning rods and we have a bill that is going to say, uh, let's stop teaching um, uh, these um, uh, kids things um, before they're too old enough to hear about it, um, what is going on uh, with um, uh, you know, sexuality. I, I thought sexuality, and you know, of course, what do I know, but really the emphasis on sexuality was at puberty. And I thought puberty was always, for the male, it was the rite of passage uh, for, uh, it's for the, for, the, for the deer, it's the velvet horn. Uh, you know, there is a rite of passage into adulthood from adolescence and it has to do with the glands. And that's when the birds and the bees uh, take effect and uh, they get moony eyed and all that. And uh, you can see it here in the cattle. It's all driven by chemistry. Um, in the cattle, and uh, they are really uh, move about, given uh, the the uh, secretions that basically of the female. Uh, the bull responds to that. So only in the human species have we man uh, managed to to kind of somehow muck this all up and uh, get people uh, on their hind legs about it and upset about it, um, and because um, of of, of the intervention of, I don't know what, uh, some sort of um, philosophy of preparation for or accommodation of or, um, you know, uh, diversity or whatever all they're going to do uh, at the early, early years. And uh, meanwhile, these kids are coming from uh, dysfunctional families that they don't have fathers. They um, uh, the kid has two daddies. You've seen all this stuff. The, 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 the woman has uh, been encouraged by the, U the United States government to uh, uh, be prol proliferate and all these other things. You know, and it's just destroyed what really should be the preparation for not the academic world, but the family should be handling these things. And that is the, that is the thrust of the bill by Senator Baxley. I know him. I've met him. Uh, uh, he's from the Ocala area, and his position with the bill is, hey, this is a family, family matter. This is not a government matter, because if you allow it to be a government matter, then you'll get, no doubt, uh, the intrusion of ideology into the classroom. Now, I happened to be in a gym the other day working out, and a couple of young lads came in there, and I hadn't seen them for a while. Well, last time I saw them, um, they were in the seventh or eighth grade, and um, already uh, in those er, in the seventh and eighth grade, they had one of them had written uh, an article, an essay in response to a question, uh, which was rather broad. Write about something which is interesting to you, and so he wrote about the Republican Party, and the teacher came along and said, "You can't write about that in here," and the parents called me and asked me what to do about it. And I said, get the teacher fired. Uh, the teacher's not in there telling the, your, your uh, son that he can't 
uh, write about that subject. That's a public subject, you know. Uh, meanwhile, these teachers want to tell you uh, all about what is going on uh, with sexuality of the kids as well. Now, this is just overstepped at all. So I bumped into these fellows. They're now in, juniors in high school. And I asked them, uh, what, what's going on with, uh, with school these days? And they said, oh, it's more biased than ever. And uh, I said, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, really? And yeah. And I said, what happened to that teacher that uh, told you you couldn't uh, write about that subject? And the, uh, the young man said that teacher was fired. And I said, good. I mean, that teacher should have been fired. So we've got this stuff going on in the school system that uh, um, really is uh, uh, very contentious and, uh, um, you know, being tossed around right now on all sorts of fronts. And we're going to have a show about this very soon. I was contacted yesterday by a national uh, speakers bureau about having uh, someone from on the national scene talk about these issues with you. Uh, more knowledgeably than I can. So we're going to be trying to set that up for the near future. We're going to take a break right now for our sponsors and our donors. And when we get back, we're going to have a little fun. Hopefully you'll take it tongue in cheek as fun. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I think we, if production and I coordinate ourselves together, um, we'll show you some pictures and then we'll show you, a, well, first of all, we'll show you a video, I guess. And then, right, and then he's nodding yes, and then we'll show you some pictures, and then we'll have some fun because it's a dour world right now. It's really kind of scary. Um, I was um, having a conversation with adults uh, very recently, and they're worried. I mean, I've never really seen them worried like this, even going back and to the Vietnam day. This is different. Um, this is because they think there's a mistake in leadership and in effective leadership all the way to the top. Uh, they realize that's all questionable. Uh, there might've been some voter beep and now it's coming home to have real consequences. This is really underpinning a lot of people's waking moments. So uh, we're gonna try to lighten it up a little bit, but we're right back on the Ward Scott Files in just a minute. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. 
Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me. Help. Help. All right, welcome back to the Word Scott Files. We are going to go back down memory lane here for a moment. And uh, uh, to start this off, um, we've got a little video that we want to play. And the reason we play this video is it was sent to me by somebody out there in the community on the research team. And it kind of um, sums up, I got to say, it's a pictorial summation of what I think is on a lot of people's minds who've been talking to me lately. Let's run that first production. Putin knows if I imprison the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. <laughs> Putin knows if I imprison the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. <laughs> well, 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 I had to show that with you. Thank you for uh, sending that to me anonymous member of the research team. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, is, it is really a funny depiction. We need a little humor in all this. Uh, but, you know, that's what old Uncle Joe said when he was running from the basement for president, that, uh, you know, he was going to be the tough guy on the block. But that's not what seems to be on the people's minds um, out in the street right now. Exactly the opposite. Um, there's a lot of things that, uh, uh, that are pointing toward this. Um, the uh, First, before we uh, put up our next image, I want to just preface this, if you will, production. Um, there is an um, observation that Biden is failing the sanctions test. Uh, he says that he is enforcing the most significant package of economic sanctions in history. Uh, and, and he has got some Biden loyalists who uh, who are hagiography. Uh, if you don't know what the meaning of hagiography is, it is undue admiration. Uh, they see Biden as having this stunning diplomacy that has a, a sanction, sanction package that's going to break the back of the Russian economy. Uh, but that has been examined uh, quite closely. This is done by Kim Strassel. And the reality is far different. Uh, and even the Democrats in the House and Congress are getting frustrated with Biden from what Strassel reports. Uh, number one, the administration has refused to impose sanctions in the lead up to Putin's invasion. Uh, they naively, all the way up to this invasion, were trusting diplomacy. And this issue of how naive is Biden, of course, uh, he, he doesn't, obviously, based on what we just showed you, see himself the way others see him, but uh, and his actions betray him. But he evidently, according to even some Democrats, 
uh, and they certainly wouldn't be the woke bunch, um, feel that he's naively trusted diplomacy too much. They also think that he's been slow and timid, and he's a hostage to this multilateralism, uh, um, this multiculturalism, which uh, the woke uh, 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 ideologues are all caught up in, and he's being held hostage to that. Uh, he uh, is waiting for uh, approval of this and approval of that, so he's really leading from behind, whereas he should be out in front leading, and then the others will follow. There's no reason why we should be waiting for them to tell us what to do. After all, we finance and pay for NATO. We finance and pay for the United Nations. There's been all these hue and cries by people who suggest, even Trump talked about it, we need to get out of the United Nations. Uh, we pay for it and it doesn't do anything to help us. Uh, good luck. I mean, it's one of those bureaucratic monoliths that's gotten created. This is the problem with bureaucracy being uh, creating things in government. They don't ever go away. When's the last time you heard of uh, bureaucracy taking something down uh, that it created? No, it's just the opposite. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is a good example of uh, United Nations, NATO. Um, Putin doesn't take any of that very seriously. Uh, the sanctions, furthermore, this is one of the things that's not been reported by the press, will not apply to the bank energy transactions until June 24th. This is the middle of March. So you got April, May, and June, three months when there will be no sanctions uh, on any energy transactions. And um, Wall Street will continue, therefore, to trade in Russian oil and gas. You're not being told that. You know, there's more things you're not told than you are told, and the things you are told are not correct. So uh, meanwhile, the excuses that are made for this is that uh, Biden is working multilaterally. Um, so uh, he had to be pushed into, according to those who have the backstory on the story, uh, into announcing publicly a ban on Russian oil and gas. And um, his hand was forced, even by Palsy Pelosi, who uh, uh, didn't like what she saw coming. So that's another indication. Finally, uh, truly punishing sanctions against Russia's energy se sector are paradoxically crippling, therefore, Eastern Europe or old Europe, uh, because they have been duped into continuing to import Russian oil while their own energy supplies have been crushed by this climate change fanaticism that indicates that they ought to wean themselves from their own, just as we should, wean ourselves from our own energy independence uh, if it's fossil fuel in any way, shape, or form. And the paradox of that is it has made Russia stronger and us weaker that is driving people nuts in the bars and the lounges and the coffee shops and the breakfast nooks uh, and the conversations that you see uh, here uh, uh, come your way. Um, this is uh, this is one of the things that just people just scratch their heads about. I mean, and the thing that keeps coming up is, well, would it have been different under you know who uh, uh, Trump? Um, so 
what they want Putin to do is to uh, lead by example, and uh, and uh, it's not his current approach. So that made me think of something. You know, I don't know if you guys remember what became or how the obsession with James Bond and Eon Fleming started, but um, John F. Kennedy was somebody with whom everybody was enamored. Uh, it was Camelot. We had this dashing character. Um, they kind of had to pad his heroism, um, PT-109 and all this business, um, you know, because of Eisenhower. Eisenhower had been a true uh, combat hero. So they kind of invented this mythology about John F. Kennedy, and that was shipped around the media. And, and then, of course, he had the, the daring wife and the young kids. And, and so uh, everybody in Hollywood, Holly Weird, got uh, uh, on, on, on board and a oh, man, they wanted to know how this man spent every moment of his day. And it came to light that he spent a lot of time reading something really nobody much until then had paid any attention to, uh, Eon Fleming, uh, spy thrillers. And they said, what, what do you read? Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a big James Bond fan. He says, I read all the Eon Fleming spy thrillers. Well, suddenly this made it, uh, um, you know, out into the public and Holly Weird picked up on it quite successfully. I really enjoy uh, the James Bond movies, particularly with the original James Bond. They were masterpieces of comedy and truth too, because there was a lot of truth to this because Fleming had been in uh, the, uh, the, the English version of the KGB. And, and he, so he knew of the world of, uh, that Putin came from now. So uh, that made me realize that uh, uh, we have got a couple of characters, which when I see them, remind me so much of each other. Let's put those up on the screen if we can, uh, production. And that is none other than, in case you all don't know, that is Colonel Rosa Klebb. Um, she is um, uh, the, the colonel in the, from Russia with love. That is uh, after James Bond, who is the spy from uh, England, of course, and is out to do him in. And uh, all the above, all the intrigue, all the keep, you know, it's really very, very well done. But every time I, I look at the... Uh, President's uh, 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 public relations secretary, I see none other than Colonel Rosa Klebb. Now there's Jan Pasaki. Let's put them up next to each other if we can. There's Jan Pasaki. Tell me, do you see why she reminds me? Oh, God, the devil made me do it, of Colonel Rosa Klebb. <laughs> Oh, boy. And that's the book and the story and the movie from Russia with love. Here we are. Art ripping off reality. This is where we are. I mean, come on. Eon Fleming. Oh, my God. Can you? Can you? Let's put it back up. I think they're enjoying that comparison. Look at this. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. And, and here we are embroiled in the very same thing. We've got a uh, a, a man, Putin, who was the KGB killer. Uh, we've got Colonel uh, Rosa Klebb, and then we've got Jan Pasaki. 
and we've got the ineptness of Biden. So God forbid uh, we can compare Biden to James Bond, but if that were the case, James Bond would be kicking the rear out of Colonel Rosa Klebb and the Russians, but Biden's having his rear kicked by Putin and <laughs> the Colonel Rosa Klebs. I don't know, man. I, I The devil made me do it. it. It's just the way it is, my friends. It just it's just the way it, it, it is. And and I, 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 I thought to myself, I said, am I nuts for thinking this? So I started looking around it uh, so, to see if there was actual documentation to support the idea, public support, that uh, Biden is just inept. And I found it. I think I'll share it with you. You know, you may have heard that uh, they wanted to send some MiGs, which I think is ironic. Again, those are Russian fighters, but uh, fighter jets. But Poland had MiG-29 fighters. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of Polish jokes, which I'm not going to get into. But, you know, here the Polish have to rely on MiG fighter jets. We don't give them our own. <laughs> so, well, you know, nevertheless, they offered to give uh, Ukraine on um, their MiG-29 fighter jets. And uh, it was nixed by the Pentagon. The truth of the matter is it was not nixed by the Pentagon. It was nixed by Biden himself. And the reason he nixed it was because he was afraid, afraid, afraid he would provoke, provoke, provoke Vladimir Putin and therefore escalate the war. Now, I, I, I don't know what you think about deterrence, but once somebody, you know, is in your face, what you have to do and I grew up on the playgrounds and all that stuff. You got to push them back and say, listen, it's going to, you know, we used to coach it. This was our coaching philosophy in football. You may beat us, but you're going to wish you had never played us because we're going to make you pay a price to beat us that you would never, ever want to pay again. That we instill that in our players. That's that's the way we played the game, okay? That's the way we taught the game. That's the way the game was meant to be. Football is a good example. It is a slug, fest, knock down, drag out, barroom fight, period. And you hit the other guy harder than he hits you, period. And most of that goes on in the trenches. And then, of course, in the tackling and the, and the running. But in the trenches opens that up. And that's just the philosophy. You don't go out there. In fact, there was a joke that became associated with Doug Dickey. Avoid losing, then try to win. And people have never forgotten that that's what he taught his players. And they hated that. What is this? Avoid losing, then try to win? No. You go out and knock the block off the other guy and let him worry about his, his own welfare. And if you if you and we taught him to hit the first, we even coached do something even if it's wrong. So we, we, we the last thing we wanted on the field was somebody standing around watching. And in particular, we could not have it if it was our biggest player. 
physically biggest player. We could not have the physically biggest player standing around watching some kind of form of violence on the field, be it tackling, blocking, running. He had to be in on it. He had to pile in on it. And otherwise, we ran him off. He did not deserve to be one of us. That's just the way it was. And that's the way it had been for us for a long time with pieces of our profession. With that on the SAC bomber base uh, marquees as you entered the SAC bomber bases, which had the B-52s. Um, so the essence of credible deterrence is what we're talking about. And it's what is on people's minds now. What is the essence of credible deterrence? Is it not making an adversary believe that taking certain actions will draw a response they, mish, they wish they'd never drawn? And so, shouldn't the fighters, fighter jets, been sent to Ukraine just ostensibly to be sitting there? And isn't it counterproductive for a president of this nation that taxes its people so much for the military? Isn't it odd that that president would publicly say the reason he did not send or allow those jets to go to Ukraine was for fear Putin would escalate the war. Now, by saying that, he's drawn renewed attention to his behavior in Afghanistan, where he demanded a quick, dirty exit lest he provoke the Taliban taking over the government. This, by all accounts, was an American humiliation. An American humiliation. We left all that equipment. You understand that, my friends? We left all that equipment in the hands. I don't know if you know what weapons cost. I mean, what ammunition costs, just for an individual. Go down and price a, a Glock 19 pistol. Uh, go down and, uh, and, and, and go down and price a SIG. You know, go down and price uh, even a Colt 45. Um, and then price the ammunition for it. Just your personal weapon and your personal ammunition. And tell me what that costs you. So take that out to the platform you have in Afghanistan. You know Putin watched that. You know he was aware of that. And furthermore, do you know, I did not know this. This was an opinion piece written in the journal that I found that I thought was very interesting. Um, that the Biden administration stopped the scheduled test of a U.S. nuclear missile after Putin said that he would consider that to be a nuclear threat. The test had nothing to do with Ukraine. 
but Biden stopped it anyway. You, 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 you hear what you did? Do you, did you get what you just heard? Did you get what you just heard? Do you remember? I mean, I, we've come so far from what I understand Roosevelt said. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You know, think about that. Think about that. Where we are now. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I mean, we don't have that. We don't have that type of leadership. It's clear. It's obvious. So there's all this speculation about, well, how's that going to affect us, the average people? Well, you can take a look and see how it's affecting you. You can take a look, can you not, at the inflation, which he's conveniently, are you aware of this? He's conveniently blaming on Putin. But I did some research on that. And the inflation started, the Consumer Price Index report long before Putin went into Ukraine. I mean, the rising cost for gasoline and food and shelter and rents and all that stuff. Why? Because Biden pumped all this cash into the society and killed the work ethic under the guise of COVID relief. Transportation costs rose. Shelter costs rose. Even used vehicle prices. You can't get one now. You can't get a car now. They can't find them. All this started long before Putin. Labor. Real average hourly earnings fell, uh, well, eight-tenths of a percent just in one month. Real wages have fallen in nine of the last 12 months, 2.6%, according to the numbers, uh, since February 21. Now, you know, you can't, can't, it's more than that now. So who's taking, who's getting walked? All this lip service to minorities, the low-income workers are the ones that are having the larger share of their wage taken for the household basics of food and energy. And you ought to look no further than the city of Gainesville, GRU utility rates to see what it's doing to low-income workers. My God, the bills people have told me they're paying are unbelievable, unbelievable. I don't see how they can do it. Um, Now, rather than open the spigots on our own independent oil supply, Biden goes to Maduro and, and tries to buy from him and also continues to buy from Russia. It is, it is the dangest thing. So it makes me think of from Russia with love. I mean, what else could I think of having seen the James Bond movies, having uh, paid attention to uh, and been entertained by that, which really is all too true. Meanwhile, the government has given itself a big raise. Um, does that surprise you? 
uh, in this budget they just passed, um, um, they give themselves, they gave uh, uh, discretionary spending a, a 7% increase over last year, 730 billion. I'm just looking at some of the numbers here. Um, they, um, they, they, they have a different whole system, you know, they have different insurance than we have. They have, you know, meanwhile, the IRS got an extra 675 million, which is a 5.6% raise. And it's taxpayer service has gotten worse and worse and worse. Last year, the IRS agents only answered 11% of the phone calls. And this year, it's going to be even more chaotic. Um, hey, you spend more money on the mail, it gets slow. You spend more money on the IRS, it gets worse. Climate spending Aren't you, are you ready for this? Of course, gets well paid. $3.2 billion for renewable energy subsidies. $1.5 billion for climate. Are you ready for this? Diplomacy. And are you ready for this? $100 million for, and I don't know what this means. You tell me environmental justice, $100 million for environmental justice. Well, 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 well. That's where we are, my friends. So I'm just trying to get to the bottom of why people are so down in the dumps right now, uh, anxious ridden, kind of nervous, uh, and then you've got a president who says when he sees this, oh, well, get ready. It's going to get worse. Is that the way to, is that the way to tell your team? I mean, is that, is that what you do as a coach? You go out to your team and you say, guy's getting the hell beat out of you. But don't worry. It's going to get worse. And it's not my fault that you're getting the hell beat out of you, even though I'm your coach. You know, it's just the way it is. I mean, they're just a bigger, better, stronger, better coach team. And you say, as the player, you say, what the hell did he just say? I can't believe it. And how, by the way, did he get to be our coach? Wow. That remains a mystery. Have a great weekend. Thanks, production, for helping out. Warthog Command Center out.